GM. Jim. Jim. That's how you Jim. say it, friend. Jim. Ah. Jim. From the Jim region of France. Mm-hmm. New new backdrop. Who this? Let me see. Wow. I like the three bottles of wine back there. You look very sophisticated. Very classy. Yeah. It still is in the living room, so I still have living room stuff there. But uh, flip the desk around. Little, little Chateau Neuf de Pop mm. this evening. Pop that open. Throw on some Frank Sinatra. Marvin Gaye. Some Luther Vandross. You know, Frank Sinatra is not as suggestive. You you put on the, the Luther Vandross and it's... Uh, you're saying something. Oh, I was just uh, that uh, that Kanye song, Slow Jams. Marvin, yeah, yeah. little Anita, definitely set this party. Love it, yeah. You knew exactly what I was talking about. Jammer, love it. Wasn't Jamie Foxx on that song? Yeah, he was singing. Yeah, it was Twista and Jamie. Oh, that was Jamie Foxx. That was just singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually um, in the uh, in the Kanye documentary, um, they show Jamie Fox in the in the studio recording that with them. It was hilarious just to see him. They're all super young. He's an interesting and, uh, dynamic guy. That Jay, he, he did Ray Charles, and he was like, "I'm done. I did it." Oh yeah, he really hasn't been in a whole lot lately. Eh? Oh my god, he went. He did. Uh, he, did he win an Oscar? The fuck it. I think he's won a couple, actually. I think did he win one for Collateral too? Good movie. Maybe Tom, Tom Cruise. He was the he was the cab driver. Yeah, yeah. Once you've done that shit. It's you know, it's going through the motions after. How many movies can you do? Time I don't know. Each. I I want I want one robe. I want one pair of flip flops. I want a beach. All right. I don't need possessions. This is this is why I'm. This is what he's thinking. I'm not. This is not what FMC is saying. I like yeah. that. I'm just saying. Vincent, wasn't he just in Spider-Man? Maybe. I haven't seen it. What? I haven't I haven't watched a lot of movies lately, if I'm being honest with you. Is it the Spider-Man or is it Spider-Man? What the hell is this? Like, the Batman. The Batman. Who, who, mm, I do want to see that. The, I love Batman. I don't want to see it. Everyone's saying it's good. I, once everyone starts saying it's something is good. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Hipster FMC. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. I get it. I get it. What was that? Uh, Tiger King. Tiger King was the perfect example. I know you've said to watch it. It's Mm -hmm. great. But especially like height, peak pandemic, right? You know, March, April, May 2020. Everybody was watching it. Everybody was talking on social media. And I felt like I had just seen it. Yeah. And I know I haven't. I know there's a lot to it, but I just, yeah, I just, it, it washed out for me. I just think that most of us have Tiger King inside of us, but we control it. So when we see somebody like Tiger King saying what we want to say and feeling what we want to feel, uh, it allows us to live out that part of ourselves without actually, you know, being, mm. being a lunatic as, for he, sure. as he was. Ooh, we've got a uh, we've got a heated discussion going on now. SBM saying Batman sucks, Spider Man much better. Ooh, respectfully disagree with you, my friend. They're not gonna like my take. <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, I'm just I'm so 
I was so infatuated with the 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 Nolan Batman movies. They were just they were so good. Okay, Donatello. You know, <laughs> the Darcells and the Losers are both doing very well. We don't need to uh, we don't need to compare. They're both amazing cooks by amazing teams. Um, both fabulous. Uh, yeah, loser. Yeah, GM guys, Florify, Vincent, SBM, Hermano. Got a hundred spots for AM. Nice little sixty ETH uh, airdrop there from AM. Losers, yeah, fuck yeah, amazing. Bomber, Jonatello, Cambo, hey now, what's going on? Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Sorry about yesterday, but real life does kind of get in the way sometimes. Um, gonna have the same thing going down on Thursday. Also, gonna give everybody a heads up. At some point, they're doing fire alarm testing in my building. Sometimes that's early. Sometimes in the afternoon. Have no idea. Free market. I'll probably just give you the single s- signal. <laughs> and if I have, it won't be as aggressive as the last time that it happened, though. That one was like every each unit testing, and they had to come in, so that was a bit different. But then I could for- just rant about how happy and enamored I am for my my loser fam Logan, mm. Kylie Jam I'm so fucking happy yeah well we will uh, we'll get in that you want to do the uh, ye old drum roll put it uh GM everybody and welcome to episode 91 of the Alpha Mint Morning Show hosted live on YouTube and Twitch TV. It is March 15th and I am your host, R2 Dgen, joined with me as always, Free Market Capitalist. Hey cow. Hey cow. Yes, exactly. Um man, I missed you yesterday. The first time in I- I'm going to say 90 episodes, but it's actually longer than that because we didn't originally start doing this with them recorded this is just the the 91st one that's actually up on uh on on youtube and spotify how the heck are you fabulous things are good weekend was good feel like three day that's six million bucks as good as i felt uh, a few days ago that's good nice little six x in the um in the in the health the mental health department the physical health department correct there's some volume coming back, it looks like. You know, maybe not full on, but tried yesterday. No volume. Well, no. I mean, there's there's some selectively project cooking, but the the Yuga Labs effect uh wore off by mm. yesterday. We the it slowed down. The uh yeah, the the attention span of that was uh was short-lived. But yeah, couple projects doing really well. Raid party uh, continues to crush. I know we talk about that a little bit, but it is actually very exciting what's going on with that. Um, Losers Club, as was mentioned in the uh, chat there, was uh, is doing really well. Um, Board Apes actually went on quite a run on the uh, on the back of that announcement and, and really kind of got off the mat with uh, the floor being below 75 and, you know, coming up on 90 ETH. We're definitely going to be touching on that. I'm just happy to be back up on the stage with you, my friend. Uh, you want to talk some crypto, talk some S&P, see what's going on there? Yes. I love S&Ps. I miss them sometimes. They call to me. I say, where are you, Papa? <laughs> well, you still you still seem to have a pretty good grasp on what's going on there. Rather, you're just not getting into like, the nitty nitty gritty of it. You know how sometimes when you're too deep in something that like you be you miss the forest for the trees. 
I often found when I when I zoom out and don't watch as much, sometimes I'm even more accurate when it's when I'm not when you're not so in it that you because when you do analysis all day, you ask yourself every question. I mean, you could convince yourself of anything if you Mm -hmm. every side of the argument long enough. So you end up going in a circle when you just take a 40,000 square foot high view of things. um, Sometimes you see the ball better. So it's I, I've been enjoying kind of watching S and P's again because it had been a few months, and yeah, I feel like I'm seeing the ball well. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, for those for those that don't know, in this, I mean, your your background is S and P's until you kind of got into NFTs in 2019, I believe was uh, when you first started, right? But um, yeah. I mean, your your knowledge of of that and how it relates to the macro market and all of that is. Uh, it's far behind, beyond my comprehension, but I love talking about it with you. Um, over the last three days, I have lost my screen. There it is. Over the last three days, we've seen Bitcoin and ETH not really do a whole lot of anything. On the seven day, we're looking at uh, uh, slightly green, about 2%. But um, yeah, over the last five days... Other than that big uh, that big pump up last week, we talked about Biden selling or uh, signing the crypto executive order. There was some fear around it, and then it turned out to not really be anything at all. If anything, it might have been even considered bullish. Uh, it had a nice little pump there, and it has kind of returned back down. Uh, I think that was around Monday that it, it settled back down. But yeah, we are looking at basically just sideways action for the better part of a week. Um, Typically, sideways action means good things for NFTs, but uh, that's not always necessarily the case. We're kind of just, it, it feels like we're in this a little bit of an equilibrium right now where um, we're waiting for something to happen, whether it's ETH pump, an ETH dump, uh, volume to return to OpenSea, uh, you know, some some influx of exciting mints going down for uh, for NFTs. Like, it, it, we're kind of just in this holding pattern, I feel like we're, 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 we're kind of... Um, Kind of just waiting through the macro market, maybe maybe in the bigger picture, waiting for for some hopefully some good news out of Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with moving averages, these would be uh, priced averages over designated periods of time. People tend to work with the uh, 50 day moving average, the 100 day moving average, and the 200 day moving average. Those are the most often used. Uh, when looking at shorter turn timeframes, I look at the 8th and the 13th exponential moving average, which is a little different. Um, but they're all pointing down right now. That is usually an, an indication that we are in a bearish trend and rallies should be sold. And so far, that has been correct every time. Every time we have run up into the, uh, the shorter time frame moving averages, we've been smacked down. That said, it looks like it's trying to put in a bottoming process right now. As every time we get down near the lows, we get a violent snapback. As in order for us to breach the lows, we need a news catalyst event. Everything that can go wrong within reason is priced in right now. If we had some sort of news that Russia was pulling back, that tensions were easing. And we did get hint of that today, which is why the market is even up off its lows where it is right now, but it's not really rallying. It's kind of just chilling. Um, We need some sort of news catalyst to break us either way right now. Um, The longer nothing happens, the more likely we go up. 
as uh, shorting a board market is a recipe for disaster. And we will see. We have kind of been stuck in a range now for <clears throat> the entire month of March, bouncing between the lows and these short-term moving averages. So I'm watching closely uh, whether we can break back above 42.20 on the S&Ps uh, and then 4,300. If we can get above 4,300, we should see blue skies ahead. So. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the Bitcoin and ETH charts over essentially the beginning of the year, um, we had a, a pretty big dip right at around New Year's. And then from then on, I mean, we've been topping out at 43,000 multiple times and then or 40, uh, 44, 45,000, sorry, um, multiple times. And like you said, every time it goes on a rally, it just gets smacked back down. But eventually, and this is the hard thing about trading, and I know you don't want to, um, it's like looking at the roulette table. Right. You say, oh, it's been black six times in a row. It can't be black a seventh time in a row. But that does that. Would you say that that past performance has nothing to do with the future gains? Right. Like we could continue to just be keep being batted back down over and over again. Like eventually you hope one of them breaks through. But predicting which one doesn't become more likely, does it? You know, of course not. It's the biggest trap in gambling in general. Every every time you make a new bet has new probabilities. So whatever happened before has nothing to do with whether the mathematical probabilities on that change. They are absolutely the same. Every time you nu- make a new bet with the same odds, gamblers will convince themselves they're either in streaks going one way or the other and adjust their play based based on that. The most successful traders base their plays on numbers that work out over time, not the streaks they think they are going through. That's expert mode shit. Once you've perfected uh, your base skills, then you could start trying to lean into your uh, into your your hot streaks and vice versa. Yeah, it's like when you uh, you keep getting dealt pocket pairs and you say, oh, I'm going to play this one because eventually I'm going to hit. And they're like, you're like, oh, I haven't got I haven't hit a trip in in 12 times like this is going to be the time like doesn't doesn't work like that. Here's the thing you once you get to a certain level where all the shit we talk about on a daily basis is muscle memory, then you could start working that really advanced theory shit where it's like when you notice you're starting to heat up, you just put your foot on the gas without thinking mm. about it. That, but it takes some time to get there in my experience. You, if, you, if you do that too early and when you aren't ready, you're just going to run into a wall. And the discipline, the, 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 sorry, the discipline to slow it down once you've cut you know what i mean like that's that's oh, another thing exactly. too it's like we convince ourselves every every you know full-on bull market that we've seen in nfts and crypto the biggest trap that i find myself falling into is this belief that it is just going to last forever you start to calculate if it goes up at this rate by you know 2024 i'm gonna have this much and blah 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 and that's you know that's that's something that i've worked very hard to start talking myself out of right is once you feel once you feel that once you feel like this is this is it is that that then you're you're kind of reversing your uh your mentality and and pumping the brakes a little bit true lucky streaks last about two to three months in my experience i've gone through a few of them and i am talking about situations where you cannot do wrong when you make the right move it works out when you make the wrong move it works out i remember going through streaks in poker where i could i knew i could do anything i wanted 
I could literally do anything I wanted. And whether it was a bluff or whether I went in with the worst odds, somehow the hand was going to work out. And it didn't. And it, that should have last two months. The thing is, if you forget to take your foot off the brake, you get wrecked the progress and fuck it up in three days. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's 100 percent true. Gotta love the good old run goods and, and poker. Holy your own personal bull market. I, I don't think I've ever. <laughs> I Well, look, I mean, there were guys that went. Remember, who was it? Was it Chan who was just good for like four years or something like no matter what? Yeah. He went in. He he went in bad. He won. He went in good. He won. It was just automatic. It was. It, and it's funny too because in retro, in, in retrospect or hindsight, like everyone's trying to dissect what they're doing. And we're talking about poker, but you'd be amazed at uh, how much this applies to stock markets, NFT trading. Like, there's a big reason why a lot of the former poker pros got into crypto, got in NFT. early in NFTs um, because there's, there's a lot of psychological carryover. So it's not like we're just commiserating over the old poker days or whatnot. The skill sets that apply when black Friday went down in poker, um, there were a lot of like financial firms and stuff that hired, started hiring all of these like online poker pros because their risk tolerance fit the bill, uh, their analytics fit the bill. The, and, and as free market said at the beginning, it's this idea of playing the numbers game in that you know that this is a 60% positive outcome over the long term. And you got to just keep hammering it and hammering it and hammering it because that over time will will build, it will grow, right? Even if the short term is is a little bit painful um, and that discipline is is incredible. But um it, going back to poker, it's it's funny because some people just had such good run good. They'd burst onto the scene. They'd run up to huge, huge, huge amounts of money. And people were trying to figure out what they were doing differently that was working so well. And it turned out that there was a handful of them that were just on a crazy lucky streak and yeah. heater. And, <laughs> and, and, and they lost it all. And you're, we're going to see that with NFTs too. Yep. No, completely, completely. I, I remember a few of them. Uh, people... Who came from other, uh, you know, they weren't poker players. They came in. It was unconventional because they weren't students of the game. And they'd go on crazy fucking streaks for for a year. I forgot his name. It was this former hedge fund guy who came in and just went on this crazy streak uh, for a year. But, yeah, it's the exact same skill sets. And, you know, the playing the numbers, being regimented, and playing the long game, that's all that's all table stakes, right? This is what this is the base. And you can have market performance at that, right? You know what market performance is? The SP makes 10% do anything. What alpha, traditionally the term alpha meant if you can get points above market performance. That's what alpha means. So if the S&P was making 10% and you made 13% that year, that 3% was the alpha. Okay. That's what you were getting paid for. So you better hope your fees were, were less than that to keep your clients. All right. The alpha in, you know, in NFTs and poker and all that type of stuff is once you once you can identify that you're going through these streets, it's learning to put your foot on the gas because we all know how to turn more aggressive and we all know how to turn more conservative. But if you are using, uh, if you if you are experienced enough to learn when to do that, that's what takes you to another level. That's what makes you the people who return 20, 30 and 40% a year compounded. Yeah, the when, the when is everything. 
in, in terms of that. Um, let's get into uh, some some news from the the weekend and yesterday. Uh, we had some pretty big news with um, actually, sorry. The first article is uh, NFTs are a profound invention, says Ethereum co-founder Joe Lubin. The consensus CEO talked up the potential impact of NFT technology, even though he's not an NFT collector himself. Um, for those of you that don't know, Joe Lubin and uh, Vitalik were, um, you know, probably the two most important figures in Ethereum, obviously Vitalik being far and away number one. Uh, but Joe Lubin is everywhere. And Consensus is actually the the creator of uh, MetaMask and Infura. I actually didn't even realize how big a deal Consensus was in terms of their valuation, but they've been raising money. This is a, from November of 2021, but valued at $3.2 billion. Um, Joe Lubin basically just went on this article saying, you know, he's he's super busy leading consensus the the brand working on metamask working on all of their other stuff that he doesn't really have time to to dig deep into to nfts or like participate in that ecosystem but just that he is a very very strong supporter of anything that is going to be disruptive and using the ethereum blockchain uh just pulled this article up because sometimes it's nice to remember um that there are very very bright intelligent people um that were ground zero on Ethereum that are working towards making NFTs uh, as as big and important as they could be. Uh, so this is a great advocate and this is just a great article to see, um, you know, especially in these times where the volume is a little bit down, maybe you're feeling a little bit squirrely because you're seeing some NFT projects pump, but not the ones that are in your wallet and blah, blah, blah. And it's nice to just have a, a good reset and just realize that there are incredibly, incredibly talented um, and incredibly intelligent people hmm. working on on the ecosystem that you love so much. Joe Lubin. Yes, Joe Lubin is uh, very smart. I'm curious as to how much money MetaMask makes uh, and what... what uh, P.E. ratio they're trading at at that three point two billion dollar valuation. I'd be very curious to know. That seems cheap to me, but I don't know what their revenues are on a, on a like just my gut. If I was just guessing, I would probably value it closer to ten billion dollars. So I don't know when they got that valuation, how recent it was. Um, that was in November, so I mean a bit of time has passed. But you could argue maybe no maybe. I, I, yeah, I don't think a lot would have changed since since then as far as the valuation. So I'm, I'm surprising. I would have said it's probably a $10 billion company. Uh, yeah, the, the thing with NFTs, we've talked about how it's going to change so much. I think we're already seeing one of the big changes from last summer is that there's really no more public mints, right? And the bot arbitrage has reduced a lot of the edge there was in this minting. So that meta has changed a lot. But I think the real seed chain, the real, the real underlying trend is the idea that it, no one should know what an NFT is. No one should ever say the word NFT. All these do is underpin digital collectibles and technology. This is, this is proof. This is provenance. It should work without you having to know it works. When you send a transaction to your bank, do you 
on a daily basis nerd out about however their verification system works and whatever SSL is doing to blah, blah, blah. you don't call it a an SSL transfer. You say I send some money over there. And in the future, when we talk about NFTs, you're not gonna be like, did you buy this NFT and what utility does it? It's just gonna be like, oh, I just got the new hot Murakami drop. All right. I mean, right. When people talk about TV shows and shit, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, well, this is a great TV show I'm watching because the colors come so good, so good on my television and the technical aspect of the photo. No one talks about that shit yet. It, it's what we talk about with NFTs. We talk about this new technology. When you're explaining it to someone, you're, you're trying to explain what an NFT is. It doesn't make any sense. If you were explaining a TV show, You'd be talking about, oh, it's this actor and the this is great about it. And I love this plot. And I love it. The idea of NFT is going to fade into the background. And it's just going to be what underpins the technology in the metaverse. And that's, that's a great point you make. And and while you were saying it, one of the things that I was thinking about was the Internet itself. Right. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, Web 3.0, the new Internet. Ethereum is the new Internet. That's all great and probably true. But um, if you're if you're my age or free markets age, you're going to remember a time when you connected to the Internet. I'm connecting to the Internet. I'm using my dial up. I'm going to connect to the Internet. Go on the Internet and check this out. People don't say I'm going on the Internet anymore. The Internet actually just exists and our lives are hooked into it pretty much 100 percent of the time. Right. Whether you're on the road, you have your phone, you're you're using the internet, you're using this global network all the time, but you're not saying I'm going on the internet to check Facebook, right? Right. And we all know what happened when the internet transcended this idea that you had to explain to people, like, why would you use the internet for this? Why does the internet exist for that? And, you know, the internet's just going to be a fad. And like the word internet got used so, so much when you were explaining all of this in the same way that the word or the, you know, the acronym NFT is being used right now. And the second that you can transcend that idea where you're, like you said, you're not talking about NFTs anymore. The concept is so ingrained into society and ingrained into people that you just understand that you were using NFTs. But like you said, I just got this new Marikami drop. Everyone knows it's an NFT. You're like, Oh, is that an NFT? Like, all of this mainstream exposure and mainstream adoption that we're seeing is putting in a ton of work in reducing that friction in just the idea of NFTs in the same way that all of this happened in, in reducing the friction of the internet. And uh, I just, I think that that's a, it's such an important point that you made there. And I think I, I see that comparison. I don't know if you agree or if it's a little apples to oranges, but that's, that's where my mind is. Thing. It's the exact same thing. This is, this is the point. This is the point. And why, you know, when the Internet came out, it was limited by technology, whether it was bandwidth, you know, how long it took you know, mm. 10 minutes to download a picture. You'd get her face and then her shoulders. And then <laughs> you know what I'm saying, which takes yeah. a lot of time or mm -hmm. whatever. and that limited it. But even when the speed was better, what really limited the Internet was that we had to be sitting at our desk to use it. What freed the internet from being this thing you had to go on was the Apple iPhone and all the subsequent smartphones that came out after it. All right. What is that moment for NFTs? I talk about hardware all the time. I still think people discount it as 
the smooth brain easy answer is, well, you have your phone in your pocket. That's a screen. All right. That is not it. Okay. So there will be things that bring the technology forward in to the point where the idea of an NFT fades into the background. I mean, even now we're obsessed with marketplaces you trade NFTs at and blah, blah, blah. That's a, that model is not going to last. When you buy a Disney NFT in the future, you're going to buy it in the Disney store. And it's just going to be a digital collectible underpinned by a technology in which NFT will likely not even be in the description. That'll take years uh, because, again, it's a buzzword. Like in the beginning, you leverage the, t- the, the novelty of it. And that's what people are doing. We're leveraging the novelty of what it is to get it popular. Eventually, not even going to be talked about. It's going to be, this is a digital, I bought this cool digital thing and I know it's mine because of this unspoken technology that underpins it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the the biggest reasons I'm bullish of like the digital ownership. And I've said this tons of times uh, on the show, but, you know, having a 10 year old playing Fortnite and stuff like that, like the idea of digital assets, just like it just works in his mind. He's always grown up with it. Um, And I think as you see that generation get older and I mean, we're we're talking 10 years, which seems like a very long term kind of thing, but it, it really isn't that long of a time horizon um these these you know these people these younger people that are growing up with all of this stuff just existing in their lives are going to be very comfortable with this idea and like you said they're they're not going to need to use the word nft to justify that they're doing it they're just going to know that it is um a digital asset that they're using um going back to wrap up this article real quickly uh joe lubin basically just saying like you know the, the power of nfts are are kind of still not even fully realized, but that he's uh, doing what he can to enable as many NFTs, as many disintermediating technologies to come to life. So yeah, very, uh, very bullish article on that. You know, um, oh, now, yeah. an artist, he just has to convince you to buy his art in the traditional world. You're not asking about whether I should buy it on a CD or buy it as an MP3 or buy it as a movie, right? When, when we're discussing these things, it should be like, oh, check out this cool man's art, right? But right now, it's like, oh, check out this NFT. And so I just think that is, that, that's where the conversation is going to change. Yep. Eating a dead horse. Move on. <laughs> um, Bob Iger, former Walt Disney CEO Bob Iger backs Metaverse Startup. Iger joins Genies, an NFT digital avatar platform, as an advisor on its board of directors. Um, Bob You're Iger... Sure full title it's bob Iger giga chad giga chad is that what we're calling him now yeah um bob Iger. look at him look at how look at that chest and those shoulders tell me you wouldn't give him what he wants in a negotiator <laughs> i mean yeah he looks like yeah you very professional smart individual um what he did for Disney under his uh, his tenure there is nothing short of absolutely remarkable. I mean, Disney's always been a juggernaut, but um, his his vision of um, you know buying and and merging all of these gigantic uh, IPs under the Disney umbrella. We're talking about Star Wars. We're talking about Marvel. All of this stuff. Uh, I mean, he kind of might as well be considered like one of the creators of the metaverse in, in Disney's own regard. Um, one of the, you know, Disney was all over Twitter, uh, NFT Twitter this weekend talking about acquisitions and, and all of that stuff. 
Bob Iger, obviously not part of Disney anymore, but definitely still has those connections. Jumping into uh, advisory role on a board of directors for anything to do with NFTs is insanely bullish. Um, we always talk about, you know, forward thinking individuals. Bob Iger is definitely, you know, top of the class with that. Um and I mean, how many signs do you want that this is going to be? Bob, Bob Iger isn't, you know, stamping his name on anything that he doesn't believe in, especially at this age in his career. Genies is on the flow blockchain. So, you know, maybe a little bit disappointing that it's not something that's Ethereum centric. But again, just having a, a, a mind like this in the space, that especially from where he came from, is uh, is massive. Yeah, I mean, he is... For lack of a better analogy, the Steve Jobs of media. Okay, when he that's came, a great analogy. When he came into Disney, Disney was failing. Disney had and not failing in a going out of business sense, failing in a QC sense. You know, quality control. What was coming out of there? They had had a string of absolute bombs. Their animation studio wasn't putting out anything. Lo and behold, they buy Pixar. Okay, and Pixar breeze this life back into Disney, putting out, you know, arguably some of the best films of all time, cartoon or not, at Pixar. Brilliant mm -hmm. move. And then to lean into that and pick up Marvel and Star Wars, this is completely credited with rejuvenating uh, Disney's creative culture. And now Disney itself is putting out movies on the level of what it used to, okay? Complete renaissance, uh, from where it lost its way in the late 90s and early 2000s, all largely credited um, to Bob Iger. And we we heard the rumors after the Yuga Labs acquisition about Disney being the next one to make some noise. The two being talked about are Vivi and Flo. This could be either why the rumor on Vivi even started. It could also be... Uh, why the acquisition is going to happen because Bob Iger is over there and uh, suggesting that it would be a good fit. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, if if the current executives of Disney are going to listen to anybody, especially, you know, the way that they parted parted ways, which was good. Um, I mean, that that is literally the best connection that you could possibly have. And, you know, Disney is going to need to leverage a chain like Vivi or Flow for new products that they want to put out. You know, if they're going to sell some sort of, I don't know, trading card pack or something related to one of their hot properties to a bunch of kids, can't be any gas involved. So it's going to, it obviously has to be one of these gasless uh, networks. That said, really cool. Uh, Really cool post yesterday by Zero Beta <clears throat> asking the best minds in the game to speculate on if Disney released a 10,000 PFP collection of every character, you know, one of ones, every character ever, all the way from Mickey Mouse down to fish number three in, in, uh, in Finding Nemo, right? So every character, okay, mm. what would... D Mickey Mouse, Disney, and all of them go for on L one. What, what, what do you? For, oh my God! What do you think Mickey Mouse an auction on a one of one, the only one of one Mickey Mouse by Disney on L one? Like my I, mind is immediately going to record breaking numbers. I'm thinking two to six thousand. It's, it's uh, somewhere in there. Two to six thousand ETH. 
I, I would, I, I would think. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said ETH. I, I wasn't, <laughs> I was like, yeah, two, yeah, two yeah. to $6,000. No, no, no. Um, no, ETH. Yeah, for sure. I would. Yeah. I mean, I could easily see that, that purchase breaking a $10 million. No problem. You, I mean, while maybe the optics wouldn't be great, you don't think a billionaire like Bob Iger, who is a Disney fanatic and probably has Disney memorabilia all over his house, wouldn't want the one of, uh, they'd happily drop 10, 20, who knows? So, I, you know, that was a fun exercise that, you know, Goofy, I'm sure Goofy would get thousands of ETH. And- who do you think would be the biggest, the biggest name in that IP then? Do you think it would be Mickey Mouse? Would it have to be? Oh yeah, have to be Mickey Mouse. But my would, mind, my mind immediately went to Luke Skywalker. It's very interesting too. That's very. I, I, I would think that would be a separate collection. I would think we're talking. Oh, okay. Disney I just, I thought you meant under their umbrella. Yeah, I'm wondering if you would even put Pixar in there. I'm thinking Disney mm. core characters because there's probably ten thousand core characters. You could probably do three collections. You could probably do a Pixar, a Star Wars, a Star Wars, a Marvel, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, a traditional Disney. But yeah, yeah, I want to think about, and I will say this, I think that while it's very obvious that the first thing Disney will do will be one of these uh marketplaces that they're sniffing around, I think that what's really going to happen is there's going to be an arms race for high quality NFT collections as right now, Yuga Labs, I believe, is trying to position themselves to be one of the larger media companies. They want to compete with Disney. They yeah. literally want to compete with Disney. <clears throat> they are going to be buying up what they consider the hottest NFT properties. And I expect Disney to get in there and start bidding for the ones they think fit into their brand as well. Well, actually, that, and that's a perfect segue into what Yuga Labs uh, did over the weekend too. But I agree with you. I mean, Yuga Labs is really has a solid, a solid footing. Just sounds corny to say because it's more than that. Um, but a, a huge grasp on the NFT and the Web three world right now. But um, you know based on what they're trying to build, based on who they're hiring, based on some of the valuations that they've gotten from these VC firms and whatnot. um, They are, like you said, trying to leverage themselves into a giant entertainment property that is um, Web3 native, right? Because, you know, forward-looking thinkers are are seeing Disney as the obvious player to move in, um, and by extension, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of other traditional media and entertainment enterprises that are going to start working their way into, um, and for them to even have a chance to compete with them, the time is now for them to start building that base, building that umbrella, and uh, and really kind of pushing their influence as the de facto Web three native brand. Uh, of course, everybody knows, I'm sure at this point, that Yuga Labs acquired the CryptoPunks and the MeBits IP from Larva Labs. The rumors are true. Yuga Lab has bought the rights to CryptoPunks and its granting Punks holders full commercial license. I think we're still waiting on some concrete numbers to come out of this. Uh, I, I don't know where I saw this, but I, I saw a rumor of $300 million. I don't know if that's true. Do you know anything about the concrete numbers of how this actually happened? Well, the the rumors, and I get, again, I will stress these are rumors. Uh, the rumors are that it was a $300 million deal for the IP, which that actually sounds about right to me. 
Um, I would mm-hmm. guess that the Punk's IP is worth five hundred million, and the Me Bits is worth about negative two hundred million. So that, <laughs> they, they had to pay a premium just to right, take it yeah. off their hands. Yeah. Um, so that is obviously the big. I think it's the biggest news that's ever happened in this. In you know, within the industry, irrespective of large outside entities coming in. That said, mm-hmm. it could be larger than Nike coming in, uh, given what's happening here. These you know, are the two only recognizable brands in NFT. You talk to anybody who isn't familiar with NFTs, if they know any, it's going to be one of these two. It's either going to be Bored Apes or it's going to be CryptoPunks. There were quite a few ramifications uh, of this deal, both perceived as good and perceived as negative. You have... uh, So you have... What one reason that punks had had such a rough year last year was the licensing. Okay, mm-hmm. Larva Labs really was not doing anything for crypto punks by design. They this was this was an experiment when it came out in two thousand thousand. They were put out for free. This was not something Larva Labs ever intended to do anything with afterwards. Okay, this was just here. Try these out. See how they go. They become what they are and. People have talked about this a lot. What they are are historical artifacts. Doesn't mean they're the first, okay? Because we know since then, every historical phrase, we found 80 other things that people were experiencing, whatever. It's not about them being the first, okay? They were the first to make it. And that's important, all right? Because the reason punks came into the modern lexicon is very easy to say. It's Sotheby's. That is the one reason punks became what they became. Because... While crypto people had already been paying millions of dollars for these things, it was when it moved to a traditional art house, an auction house, uh, and sold that they became popular, have a cultural premium. Now, the other side of punks is the decentralized aspect. I think people liked the fact that they were, you know, they were rebellious in a sense. They were... They were these things that were put out and they represented the decentralization ethos that many in Ethereum hold high. And that, and that is what they live their lives by. The idea of them not having these licensing rights was a conflict for many people. And we know that Larva Labs had signed with United Talent Agents. So they were going to use these punks in a movie. I think that was the speculation. And many punk owners were like, this, how could this movie not be cringe? Don't do it. You know, you're out of your minds, blah, 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 blah. Well, Yuga Labs buys punks. And the first thing they're announcing is now they are yours. You may use these punks as you wish. Now it's dual licensing. So may Yuga Labs, but you can now use these punks as you wish, whether it's in your own product, whether you want to change them, whatever it is. This is a good move, but at the same time, now that they've come under the centralized umbrella of Yuga Labs, you have a contingent of punk owners led by DC Investor as the the most visible one who are saying, I don't want to participate in anything centralized like this. The whole point of NFTs to me is that they live on chain. They're not owned by anybody. All right. 
Bored Apes, CryptoPunks, they are now controlled by Yuga Labs. Their future is in the hands of Yuga Labs. It is not in the hands of the people, the free market, whatever is going on out there. That's a problem for a small contingent of punk owners. And you saw them respond by buying the CCO projects out there like Cryptode, like NounsDAO, like MFers. And I think that's going to cause a very interesting trade over the next few months. You are going to see certain people within the NFT world who value that thing very highly start to move away from punks and move towards those things like cryptodes and MFers. So I expect them to have a very nice rally. That said, I don't think it's a net negative for punks. I believe now punks appeal to a whole new swath of people who like Yuga Labs, who like the idea of having somebody like Guy Osiri running the show when they see what he did for apes. And yeah. No, I was going to say to me, this was always like Lakers Celtics, right? Like there was this rivalry, this, you know, crypto punks were the OGs, uh, board apes kind of, you know, their ethos was, you know, at first they wanted to be the next me bits. They wanted to flip me bits. And then lo and behold, m- several months later, they're talking about flipping punks, which they obviously did. Um, and it, it to me, um, I was a little bit surprised that this actually went down, although I, I know a lot of people weren't, but I always thought that Yuga Labs was leaning into the idea that they were on the opposite end of the spectrum that, you know, that CryptoPunks existed on. Um, obviously, Larva Labs, you know, traditionally has frustrated a lot of punks just for their, their lack of activity and, and all of that stuff. Um, and, and Bored Apes really kind of leaned into being the polar opposite. And now it's kind of, it kind of just feels like there was just this like merging of, you know, two super teams, like all the, all the players just got together and created um, their one super team. I think that this is good for Crypto punks i think that we've also talked a lot about in the past of like larva labs doesn't need to do anything it's okay for these things to exist i'm wondering if we're just seeing a market rejection of that maybe this is just the the new dynamic and not a short-term dynamic but this is something that is desired not only desired but demanded in the web3 environment maybe 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 not doing anything isn't good enough anymore i wonder about that i i think that I think many punk owners are excited about the prospects now because I do think you could not be in better hands than Guy Osiri. I also think as time bears out, it doesn't matter. I do think punks have enough of a cultural premium and historic uh, aspect to them that it matters. I saw an entire thread by Cosmo yesterday speaking about how now the, the idea, the historic idea of nfts is pointless now and that's not what it's about and i disagree um at the same time i think this is great for punks and apes this is a signal to the market that yuga labs would like to be a player out in i hate the term web 2 because that sounds like you're moving backwards okay but right now web 3 feels like this closed community of a few million people that there are still seven billion other people out there to get involved now, this is the, this is what I believe is going to get those people involved. These type of moves, this company signaling, we're going to be a media company. We are, we are going to do things with these entertainment properties that make sense in a traditional manner. And who else would you rather have than Guy Osiri? 
He is he's the guy who can do no wrong for now. Uh, when it comes to Hollywood, when it comes to making these deals, I, w- I wouldn't want to be in anybody else's hands. And I think he's going to kill it uh, with these properties. So. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that you're gonna have the the rift of of OG crypto punk holders moving out and new people that feel better about it going in because I, in in my like heart of hearts I do believe that both things can exist. Um, sorry, not crypto punks and board apes, but like just legit historic projects that don't have like a roadmap and the you know the existence is is just kind of there. And I think that's fine. Um, but I I do completely agree with you that this has opened up a a whole new um, supply of people that want to be holding uh, CryptoPunks and Bored Apes. Uh, it looks like to me that the the Bored Ape floor was actually the beneficiary of a bigger run than the CryptoPunks was. Uh, CryptoPunks sitting at about 69 ETH right now. I can't remember how low did that actually get? Were we talking in the 50s for a little bit there? Mm, I'm drawing a blank. I don't think it went that nine, low. 59, I believe. Yeah. Well, and it was a yeah, it was a an offer that was accepted, right? One that was listed, and I think so. Yeah, I think fifty nine was the low. A lot of people debate like if it's a if it's a weath offer that was accepted, it doesn't count. Like uh, right, like if you know, like Cool Cats never got to a five uh, ETH floor, even though there were a few of those accepted. We're not going to say it got to a five floor. I don't know. I don't. I get. I don't think it really matters. But I do see people debate that. From time to time, yeah, no, board apes uh, kind of hitting ninety um, again. Some big sweeps. I got the, up to uh, It pulled back a little bit, but oh, I, did it really? I, I must have actually missed of, that. You know, I knew it was. I knew it was running. I mean, it was down to seventy five ETH. They could um, be one twenty. We could wake up to them, and that's mm-hmm. how close they are. That was the all time high, and I mean. What would market participants do? Look around and go, oh, shit, apes are at 120 again. Is shit about to get stupid? I th- mm-hmm. You know, they are very close. You know, as go, it, it used to be punks. As went punks, went the market, and now it is apes. As go apes, goes the market. And if these things can get up to new highs, I think you're going to see a lot of apes who had the balls to hold through that 50% drawdown to 60 ETH. Uh, start to say, all right, I'm cashing the fuck out this time because uh, I wanted my 120. They're going to take that 120 and they're going to go buy a bunch of uh, MF. Yeah, I think there were a lot of people sweating when it went down to that 75. Oh my God. <laughs> there was a- no. like, you know, there was a few guys at 120 who are like, all right, this is getting fucking ridiculous. Uh, I think I should just take this 120. You know what? Nah, I'm going to hold out for 150. And then they saw yeah. 10, 100, 90. 87 you know a few of those guys were like fuck it took the 60 and ran and they're just dying right now that is that is yeah it's it's hilarious to like move the decimal point over a couple of notches because like i feel like i'm doing that with cool man sometimes where it like runs up to like 2.2 like it did on the weekend incredible run for them on uh disney acquisition rumors but um I was like, nah, this thing could go straight to five. And then it just pulls back. And like, these people are doing that with like, you know, a hundred times the the amount of ETH on the line and whatnot. It's fascinating to watch I, it all go down, actually, even though I'm not a participant in it. I actually do think Disney is going to acquire Coolman. Like, I think that's going to happen. I just don't think it's going to be the first thing Disney does. So if you're expecting it to be the announcement coming this week or next week, I don't think it is. But I mean, you know, I, I don't know how rogue uh, Danny went 
when he made that statement, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, when you understand how the PR world works, like mostly like you would have to call Disney and be like, Hey, I'm going to tweet. Is it, is this yeah. an okay thing to put out given how far along we are in our da 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 Like it, and look, he's an artist, you know, <laughs> artists can get the, they can get out there from time to time, right? They do, they do things a, a little out of pocket, depending on <laughs> uh, what mood they're in. But if we just take it at face value, that was probably a planned message that he got together with, you know, with Jake and, and people advising was like, hey, is this a good time to, to put this out? I do think it implies that something's going to happen uh, with Disney. I just don't think it'll be the first thing Disney does. But we'll see. Well, we're starting to put some distance uh, in between him making that. Well, I don't even want to say an announcement. Like he literally just made a Discord post about him stepping into right. a meeting with Disney, uh, and that you know sparked this gigantic run, which was uh, probably four weeks ago now. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to put some distance into that time. And if there was a deal in the works, like you got to think that they're getting through the diligence phase of it and and working out the fine details. So, uh, you know. If something were to be announced and provided it wasn't like this, like very, very strategic timed announced that like, you know, there's external factors. I could see that coming to fruition in the next two weeks if there is actually something there. And I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, um, but it's it, it was funny how, uh, you know, um, how wild all of these rumors of acquisitions got after Yuga Labs did that with Larva Labs, uh, created that deal with Larva Labs. Um, I do think the cat's out of the bag for Yuga Labs. I do think that now that they've, you know, opened their playbook up to this is what they're doing. There's they they probably have a hit list of other projects that they're going to look at acquiring under their umbrella. Uh, to some extent, I couldn't even speculate on what that would be, but um, it, it's becoming more and more and more clear that this is going to be an entertainment umbrella. Oh. And uh, and they're looking at adding the biggest projects in um, the crypto punks th- seemed like uh, just like the biggest flex, right? Like I'm sure that they could have gone after smaller ones first or whatever. But uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna announce to the world that this is what you're doing, there was literally no bigger announcement they could have made than than this. And you see this in the traditional marketplace all the time. M and A spurs more. We even saw it with Nike and Adidas. You know those. Those deals were a response to each other. This wasn't like randomly happening on two sides of the world. And it was a coincidence that they both ink deals with NFT companies. All right. Everybody in these boardrooms of all these brands knows what's going on right now. And they know an arms race is about to occur. They're still sitting back. You know, you don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes. Well, Yuga just showed us the whites of their eyes, and I expect Disney to come out shooting. Yep, for sure. Uh, I want to finish this kind of segment off with the Larva Labs um, tweet about you know, why they specifically went down this road. But they said, our speciality has always been the creation of things early in the life of a technology. It's been amazing to watch the world of profile picture projects like CryptoPunks and MeBits expand to become an entire industry. These projects now need a steward with a different skill set in order to continue growing, which is why we're entrusting them to Yuga. We know their team will honor the history of CryptoPunks and MeBits while guiding them into the larger world they're building. Uh, I actually just thought 
thought this was a beautiful little um, statement that they made. So often you see startups in the world, you know, they start to gain some traction, they start to scale, it starts to get bigger than they ever could have imagined. And, you know, the original founders, as great of a, you know, as great as a shepherd that they were in getting into that point, don't actually have the skill set to, to, foster this this giant enterprise or you know tons and tons of employees or these huge marketing or entertainment deals um and it's time for somebody new to step in yuga labs obviously has shown that they are more than capable of doing that hiring the right people building a team around them and getting their brands and their ips into the upper echelon of uh, of the web3 space so i thought this was uh I, I just, it was just a very nice statement and i i I completely agree with Larva Labs there in that um, Yuga will will take good care of them. Uh, I gotta wonder if this is like the end of Larva Labs. Do you think they're getting their paycheck and uh, and just retiring on a beach somewhere, or do you think that um, you know they're gonna go back to to building, to creating from the ground up, and and working on some other stuff? Because I gotta believe that anything that they do, if it's new, will will have some uh, some cachet. As you would say, in the I mean, uh, in the market, they, they could probably sell out a hundred million dollar project with that brand. Uh, I think they're fucking fed up. Uh, I what impotent? Like, these guys are already fucking rich. Like all they all they're doing is being shit on on a regular. I can you imagine going through a fucking year of people just shitting on <laughs> in the main. I mean. And entire- they all get fantastically yeah, rich. Bye. Thanks, Yuga, for the 300 mil. Peace out. Yeah. yeah, I would go to an island and never look at a pixelated fucking picture again. <laughs> Thank you, Yuga. Cash me out. Cash no, me I mean, it, it's true. It's funny that in the face of the, this, you know, free mint, although it was a couple years ago and, uh, you know, they were they were relatively cheap up until probably about this time last year when they started to go on the run. Um, how critical people have been of Larva Labs while they get fantastically rich off this little really? uh, pixelated uh, crypto punk that they bought for next to nothing as they're looking at, you know, million, $10 million purchases was pretty funny. So, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't blame them in the least for doing that say, either. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're, you're cool. cool. <laughs> I'm out. That's what I yeah. would have said. Yeah, so true. Um, you mentioned DC Investor in there um, as well. And, you know, for those of you that don't follow DC Investor, the probably, you know, one or two of you in this, go follow him on Twitter because um, I've been aware of him since back in the, like the ETH trader days on Reddit back in 2017 when ETH was going on their, uh, their original run. And I mean, watching this guy for the last five years be right about everything has been astounding. Um you know, his his wallet is, uh, I don't want to say second to none. There's some bigger ones out there. He's not a trader. He's a buyer, holder, and collector. Um, but, I mean, we're talking Fidenzas. We're talking Ringers. We're talking CryptoPunks. We're talking, you know, all of the biggest projects in the NFT space that he was in early on. Um, you know, obviously a little bit bearish on CryptoPunks and the way that all of that went. But that's okay, too. Uh started buying MFers. MFers obviously a project that you've been uh you've been pounding the table on over and over and over again back when it was below 0.1. Uh, I can't remember what the run up actually was uh, a couple weeks ago. How high did it, this end up going? 
6.5. So just an absolute incredible run. And of course, everybody's default is why, why, why is this happening? Why? Um, and there was no reason. This is just, you know, a project by one of the biggest names in the NFT space that attracted a lot of other big names in the NFT space. There was a supply constriction and, you know, people started realizing what the, what this project holds in terms of the history of the NFT market. Um, DC investor has now been publicly uh, tweeting about buying some of uh, of his own, and you know, for him, buying at three ETH is is nothing. This is a guy who is fabulously wealthy and is, you know, just again a five year, probably a lot longer, but as far as I'm aware, a five year track record of just nailing it. And he's moved into the MFers, right? And again, everybody wants to know why. Look at who is buying this stuff. And I don't own any MFers. I know free market does, and he's been a huge, huge, huge proponent of this project, but. I saw DC investor post on Twitter about buying MFers and why and loading up on them and buying some rare traits and all of this stuff. This to me, if you want one of the biggest seals of approval on a project, it would be DC investor. The, you know, I, I, this is why when you have conviction on something, you should just buy 50 and forget about it because I, I, you know, I, the, my original thesis, which still is the main reason that I like these things, is because this is the most important meme in our industry by the most important memer, and you've essentially fractionalized him. This is a fractionalization of Sartoshi. This is 10,000 shares in Sartoshi. If Sartoshi remains relevant, if he can continue to put out memes, it only adds to it. Even if he went away now, there would be enough there. But he continues. Everything he does, this is different than a traditional artist because for a traditional artist to continue to add value, he has to make more work, which is naturally dilutive. All Sartoshi has to do is keep memeing, keep being relevant, keep elevating his status to legendary. And that was the thesis. That's what these are. They're the greatest meme in crypto history up there with Doge and Bitcoin. Now, they're getting that recognition in even more ways. The idea that this is the decentralized project. This is the project nobody can own. There's no IP for sale. There's nothing to buy. You own your MFers. This belongs to the, It's not like these Fugazi communities going out there and doing spaces every day and telling you the same things over and over. No, this is a real community bonding over something real. I made a statement on this show that MFers were flip punks. <laughs> it may have been a little flippant at the time, but I will tell you right now that I have never been as bullish on MFers and I made a pretty great trade from December until now. And I unloaded them because I just, again, great trade. Even at six, I thought they were going to 10 ETH. Well, what am I risking six ETH for, you know, <laughs> 60% for to hit 10 ETH? Whatever, cashed out, okay? Now, given the recent development, as we know, I was already long-term, but given these recent developments, I genuinely believe these are getting to 30 ETH this year. I'm liquidating things I love that I could buy them before they get to 4 ETH. I have never been so bullish on MFers or CCO projects in general. 
I think that the real movement that tried to present itself last year through bullshit things like funks are now going to rain down on MFers, Begone Punks. I mean, honestly, Begone Punks could be the fucking play. I'm telling you right now that, yeah, he's focusing on these things. DC Investor is going to land on Begons any day now. And that collection is going to do something stupid. They should be 10 ETH. They should be one to 10 ratio to punks. And punks are going back to 100. Begons are going to go to 10 ETH. And CCO is now one of my favorite theses looking into the summer run that we're about to have. And you know who will start talking about Begons a lot if they start to go on a run? Kobe! The guy who has, yeah, what, six, seven hundred thousand followers and is just an absolute, um, just so, so revered in this space. I guess I'd say the problem is right now he's 100 percent troll mode. So who knows? He has gone full. I love it. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way, but he is just he is an absolute performance act at this point. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah mfers uh definitely going to be to be one to watch and again like you know, just the writing on the wall a dc investor like uh, you know if that meant so if if mfers meant nothing to me before which isn't true but if it didn't like seeing dc investor in there uh to me is is that big of a news like i mean this guy has been around forever and he just he just completely gets it uh begone punks no b began b g a n yeah i'll pull it up for you guys um i mean you know free market and i are both uh free market got me into them but both incredibly excited about this they've been around for a long oh god i don't have it uh, oh hold up, bastard I don't, uh, you know, I have a, I have a handful of them and, you know, I've just been slowly buying them here and there as I have some extra liquidity. Um, but I mean, what have we, are we celebrating the year anniversary of these now? It's got to be close. Yeah, we and did. It was last. We did. It was last week. Right. So, you know, we're not talking about some August, September, October, uh, January 2022 project where it's just like, let's pump this shit out. This is um, a, a fascinating uh, generative art, uh, generative PFP collection um, with the, the variety is just absolutely insane. The colors are insane. The, the traits, the glitchiness of them, there's some that are just completely fucked up. And those are some of the, uh, the most revered <laughs> ones as well. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, looking through this, it's probably one of the most fun collections and it was the first NFT I purchased and that specific one will be the last one that I ever sell. Um, I, I completely agree with, uh, with free markets, bullishness in them. And you know what, they've had some runs, they've gotten off the mat, not immune to this market. Um, they have been up to a one ETH floor before, um, but people accumulate them. It's been fun to, to watch you know, where these start to go slowly and you start to see people all throughout buying the more rare ones, looking at them. Um, when was the last sale? Mm, I don't know. 10 weeks ago. No, <laughs> 10 hours ago. There was a couple. I mean, these aren't flying off the shelves. Nobody's saying that these are, uh, are, are mooning right now or anything, but these are always lurking in the background and you can find a lot of people that are bullish on the began punks. Um, but again, not just out there flaunting them all the time mm-hmm. i just bought the one off the floor did you just bought one 
Yep. Yeah, point one nine is a fantastic entry point on this. Like, well, I these, just realized when DC, like literally, DC investor is going to land on these and go, "Oh, it's punks with CCO." I think, yeah, yeah. The animated ones are are uh, are absolutely spectacular too. They kind of under one ETH. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're looking for rare shopping, I mean, I've seen these uh, when they ran up to one ETH. These were going for what eight, nine, ten ETH. The animated ones. The floor was four or five on them, but the rare ones were going for that. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> There you go, decoy. Began punks. Um, talked about MFers. Let's talk about Loser Club very briefly. This has gone on a hell of a run yesterday. Hey-o. Kind of flirted with a 0.4 ETH floor, which was uh, in and of itself very organic and and uh, felt very good. Woke up this morning to see that it has continued its run. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know if it just bricked or if somebody. <laughs> <was interested. laughs> well, I mean, it had got. Look, look. Yeah. Still a great cook. I mean, all credit. Oh, yeah, for sure. All credit to Kylie, Javon. Man, guys, if you guys don't know Javon, the artist behind this, he you, he is arguably why these are doing so well right now. He is a character, a personality in the best way. This guy's a triple threat. He's a, a rapper. He is obviously an amazing artist, and the guy knows how to put himself out there in public. He's easy to talk to. He's fun to talk to amazing personality. Of course, Lobzy, who runs their community spaces. You couldn't find a better host out there. Uh, it's no surprise this collection's doing well. And, and then Kylie, one of the founders, is one of the best minds in this game. People don't even know they're sleeping on Kylie DeGener. So no shock. Uh, we gave away 100 spots up in the DGen Dojo for Loser Club. Uh, they're doing very well right now. There's not a lot of volume in them. I, you know, these would probably be a one ether ready if we were back in the back in the bull, the the halcyon days of February. Uh, this could already be at a one ETH. I mean, it may be getting close to a peak, but I think that's only because the market is where it. I mean, the, you this could be a one to you know three ETH collection uh, if some volume came back into the market. I mean, they they minted at point one. If they could get up to three ETH, that'd be a nice thirty X. I mean, that's what people want. Beautiful little thirty X there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've exited a small portion of my position here, and I feel really good about that. Um, more than broke even on my initial purchases. Blah 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 blah. I have a couple others that I'm I'm uh, I'm probably going to hold for a while on this. I, and and basically, my thesis behind it is just Javon. Right, the team is great, but Javon as a founder um, is is so out there. Like you said, he's a personality. He interacts with people. He engages with people. He streams uh, doing art and, and, and him rapping and all of that stuff. It's just so fun. Um, and it's hard to bet against somebody like that, that is like really, really, really throwing themselves out there um, on behalf of their project on, on behalf of themselves too. Right. Like if, if you're looking for one reason to get excited about a project that, uh, I think that could be that could be number one. Honestly, the art's really good. I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed looking through them. The rares are really good on these. Um, the floor when I first had this pulled up this morning was 0.65. It has since fallen to a 0.5 ETH floor. Very thin back to where we're talking about. But again, as you said, volume in this market is fleeting, and once it starts to dry up, I mean, people, yes, they start to brick the floor pretty fast. So I was pretty surprised to see that at 0.5. Um, 
I don't know if this, if this would be a, a buy zone here. I, I'm still kind of waiting for the overall volume to return to the market um, before I pass any judgments on where floors can go. Uh, but it just it's been a great run and it, it it never seemed to maybe as we approached to 0.70th floor got a little bit frothy, but loser club never felt like it was getting way, way ahead of itself, I guess I should say. And no, I honestly, the, the action is literally exactly like lemons, right? It's sitting at 5x of mint right now. And if you remember that first week, lemons got up to that 0.15.2 area, which is exactly the same as Losers Club, right? It was the same percent. Losers Club just minted at a much higher price. So it looks, you know, it looks mm-hmm. like it's doing more, but it's falling. And I'm saying this in a very positive way because lemons built such a nice base on the way up that they kept building on top of it they kept getting to news new highs and totally see the same thing with loser club again shout out to that whole team they are killing it um but yeah it could be a little ahead of itself in the very short term i would expect if market came back uh, if volume came back in this market these would rocket over 1e so shout out to everyone still holding and I'm there. This is like pure speculation. I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen or that I know anything about it. But this, um, this definitely seems like a project that could get the Gary V treatment too, right? I mean, Gary oh. V loves oh. talking to people. Oh. He loves interviewing them. Their inspirations and like Javon is is like a prime candidate to just like have Gary V just like fawning over him because oh. Gary V loves creators. He loves personalities that he can talk to and figure out their inspiration and really dig deep in into it i i just see this as like a, a gary v i don't want to call it bait because that implies that you're just looking for gary v to come in and pump your bags um but just a prime candidate for for that to happen and and that, well that's exactly it i i even said this the other day because if you guys don't know in the middle of this yuga labs thing i think it was saturday night gary v mm. out time to do some shopping Better go, oh, yeah. better go do some homework or whatever. And it was like, oh, here we go. Because we know when Gary started dipping his toes in Alien Friends, whole market. Uh, we That was the craziest run I've ever seen, even more than the summer. Every day we were coming in, we're like, holy shit, you see the floor? Holy shit, you see the floor? Every day. 0.02 and- mint just went <laughs> straight to 5e. Right. Like, and it wasn't just Alien Friends. Everything was fun collections from the summer that had uh, were starting to move. I mean, everything dead fellows was coming back. Toy boogers was coming back. Uh, uh, cool. Every, everything. This was the everything rally. And it was arguably because Gary V went so hard into alien friends was talking about it every day and then started buying other stuff. When he tweeted that out the other night, gotta say losers club jumped right into my head with that personality of Jay Vaughn mm-hmm. there. The art being so good. And the messaging behind like, oh, we're all losers, you know, banding together against the blah, 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 right up, uh, right up Gary V's alley. So, you know what I what else I love about this project is, you know, it had this whole backstory of him being the artist for Fishy Fam that got ditched and dumped on and, you know, people rally behind it. But that story is almost never even talked about in this project because the project itself is actually so good. It's so different. And it's all about Javon. It's not about the shit that happened in the past. It's not about, you know, leveraging the debacle that fishy fam was and using it to, to springboard your own project into existence. I'm sure that a lot of people found out about losers club that way. Um, But it really has just formed this real existence in there. 
and they didn't bring it up once. I'm no, at. I've never, I've never seen them be like, right. take that fishy fam. Like we, we nope. got the last laugh or nothing like that. I was in all their spaces. I was in the losers table with Lobesy. It was all just genuine, good fun. It, they did. No one was bringing up the past. It was just about what are we doing now and where are we going in the future? So yeah. yeah. Shout out. Great cook. Love the losers. Let's go. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple more things uh, on the docket. I've got the uh, 10KTF Gucci Grail Mint Pass is uh, is up. Um, the minting was going down. It is minting for one ETH. It is sitting at one point one four five um, point one point one four five. Uh, so it's not it's you know fourteen percent over the mint price right now, uh, and. We're looking at about 3,000 of them minted last time I checked out of 5,000. We are coming up in the final hours of um, the the original raffle winners being able to mint. So I think that ends at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then they're going to move on to the reserve list. So um, we're, you know... trying to get a grasp on how many of these things are actually going to mint it and where the floor price is going to go... Personally, I, I did win the raffle. I was able to mint one of these. I unfortunately, maybe I didn't do my diligence properly. Maybe I missed something. I didn't realize that this mint pass was going to require you to have one of the profile picture projects um, so that you could kind of convert it or or mint a new one with that's like Gucci out or something like that. So um, you need to have like the Board Ape Kennel Club, Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, the list is all there. The you know pudgy penguins, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually don't have any of those projects in my wallet and I can't actually use the mint pass. So now I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm not actually sure what I should do with this. Um, if I wait for it to mint out and hope for a little bit of a run here, Gucci in the past being an NFTs have, have, uh, uh, garnered a lot of attraction. We talked about their super plastic was, uh, sitting at a six ETH floor last week. I think it was up to almost 10 at one point earlier on in its existence. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you minted one of these, you know, congrats, I want to see some of the, the actual stuff that comes out of the mint pass on this, but, um, but yeah, if you're, uh, if you're a part of that, keep an eye out for it. Um, did you see some of the previews or have you seen anything with this project or kind of just, uh, aware of its existence? Free market. He's gone. <laughs> I saw an Oni one wearing Gucci. Yeah, exactly. Um, it looked good. Yeah, it looked really good. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really just trying to like figure out. So the, you know, my 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 bull case on this is that there's five thousand of these mint passes. You get to apply it to one of these. I think it's twelve or fifteen profile picture projects, of which most of them have at least a ten k supply. So we're talking a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand different PFPs. Um, and I'm trying to just figure out, I'm like, are people going to want these profile pictures to be like Gucci, you know, Gucci-fied, if, that, if that's a word? Uh, and I'm just like, I'm thinking like, if I if I kind of just, you know, steal, a, you know, diamond hand these into the mint, because they do expire on the 18th. Like once that goes down, I mean, it's kind of over for these. So I, you know, have some short-term choices to make. Um, 
but I, I, I don't know. I think I got to try and have some balls of steel here and wait till these start to mint and just pray that the reception is like over the top. Great. And people want to get these, their hands on these. But uh, if you minted these and you're, you're not applying it and you're looking to flip it or, or, or you are applying it, let, let me know and tell me what your, uh, your plan is with them because uh, I'm a little bit stumped as to whether I should just take the, uh, the 15% profit here oh, or, or not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, the last project that we have to talk about again is just going to go back to uh, to raid party. Um, actually, sorry, Murray Murray by House dropped this weekend as well. Um, anime manga centric project. Um, a lot of people in the DGen dojo talking about that. It is sitting at a 0.56 ETH floor pre-reveal. So that is definitely something to keep an eye out to. Quite a bit of volume traded in this market um, through the pre-reveal as well. We're up to 2,100 ETH transferred and um, seem to be a legitimate excited excitement about it. I did see some FUD regarding it. Don't need to um, relay that here because I think it was just personal opinion and people kind of arguing uh, back and forth about whether or not they're bullish on this. Um, but yeah, definitely something to keep um an eye on i think there was also a little bit of confusion people think it was the Mur- murakami drop was going down or something like that yeah very i don't hot. very hot project yeah K- kaba is saying murray is just a zuki but forward yeah i i wonder like what the long-term prospects of this i haven't done a deep dive into you know why i should be bullish about this but um you know the anime projects have um been a hit or miss lately but i think a good one could uh could end up kind of capturing some some attention so that's pretty cool too um raid party doing very well we are seeing um, the likes of Pranksy and Otto Suen is just like all they're talking about now. And it is uh, it has really rebounded in a big way. Last week when we were talking about confetti, it was down to about twelve dollars. I'm you know, talking on the little bit of an uptick to fourteen, fifteen dollars. That was very exciting. It has crossed twenty four dollars as of today, twenty four fifty. And uh, I think the big thing that it has going for us, as we kind of already mentioned, was just the fact that it is very difficult to accumulate confetti and the burn processes in the game are expensive in terms of confetti. And there's just not a lot of supply on this. I mean, I, I you know, the initial thought was that Pranksy was going to be loading up on these, accumulating as much confetti as he possibly can, and then, you know, plopping down a huge portion of the liquidity pool and funding it that way, which he has done in the past for a lot of games. Um, Pranksy's actually just playing the shit out of this game. I mean, there's a leaderboard, there's a top 10, they're making a big deal uh, of getting it on there. They're offering crowns and badges and all of this stuff. And uh, I think I think a lot of these big names are playing it for the clout of it, right? I Like, that seems to be the sense of it. The You've said you spent a lot of time in the Discord. It's a lot of fun, very active. People are getting hyped about it. And, you know, I, I, I think... I think we're seeing the start of another real legitimate long-standing game. Now, obviously it's just in its infancy, um, but so often with these P2E games, we see this very, very early short spike, you know, the, the distribution of all of the tokens and everything is very fast. You get to mint a lot. There's this big hype, 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 hype. And then after like five, six days, it, the bottom just falls out as people kind of take their profits and run. This chart kind of doing the opposite thing. It started off really, really high. I mean, it was what it started 
um, 90-ish, 90, $100. This chart is uh, doesn't quite go back that far. Um, it had its initial fall and, and now it just, it seems to just be trending upwards and people are playing it and people are enjoying it. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy checking in on it and I enjoy theorizing about how I'm going to proceed with it. Given how low the liquidity is in the pool, I don't think you can use the token to judge the success of the project. You would use the asset prices, which there seems to be demand for. It's a fun game to play. Very bullish um, on its prospects. And currently, the yield is the top in P2Es. But as we said, that is usually temporary. I I think my... um, my fighters, which I have three of, so half my slots are full, potential slots, um, are yielding about 500 bucks a day. So you could see that if someone had their six slots full, you know, they could be pulling in about a thousand bucks a day, which shit, it's better than orcs, better than anything right now, except orcs have been doing it for six months uh, or at least two months at the current Zug price. So let's see if Raid Party can maintain this for two. They maintain it for two months. I mean, that's a really good, that's a good yield farm, right? These are just gamified yield farms, so to say. But I think wh- why should a gamified yield farm matter? Um, there's an element of fun that can't be discounted. It's fun to look at. It's fun to watch. It's fun to collect. It's fun to try to win. And you have some of the biggest players in the entire NFT space in there just going fucking ham. I mean, Pranksy is using all of his confetti to upgrade fighters, enhance. Um, he is playing as hard as he can, and it worked last week because he ended up winning first place. That gives you a special item and a special badge within the Discord. And this is one of the closest communities I've seen this early into their life. I think it was a result of how much FUD there was, you know, mm-hmm. FUD is going to come for your project no matter what you do. I don't care how good a launch you have. I don't care how good an initial pump you have. Volume is eventually going to leave your collection for the next hot new thing. And you are going to go through a period where there are angry people, people who are stuck, people who are uh, want to get out. And it causes FUD and dismay and all that in the Discord. That's been the Raid Party Discord for the last three weeks. It's only in the last couple weeks that it's turned around and been this place that the people who remained, the people who stuck through and believed, have now created an atmosphere that people want to go hang out in. It's uh, it's like a brotherhood, a fraternity. Uh, it's fun. They're doing side bets and prop bets in there. People are laughing, having a good time. The whales hand out confetti and fighters to people randomly when they're in a good mood. Uh, And something I've said, I think, a few times, I actually think the art is really good on this project, which nobody cares about or talked about, I think, because the launch was so delayed and this is a game. So it's really about the utility, not the pretty pictures. But I love the art here. I think it's very cool. Uh, They're all ladies. I love the ladies. And yeah, I'm... I'm digging. It. I, I love Raid Party. I, I keep finding myself wanting to buy more. I'm just I'm at a point you have to you have to think with these P2E games. You gotta start letting them be self-sufficient unless you are some insane whale. Because if you just keep dumping money into it, I mean mm-hmm. I've been doing it with orcs. I've never taken a dollar out of orcs. 
Um, I've just been reinvesting it back in, which again, for better or for worse, but you, uh, you know, it's just something to consider. I would say. Love yeah. It. I mean, at that point you're, ju- you're just betting on, on the team to continue to, to contribute right. to it in a positive way. Right. And ether arcs, obviously having six months of solid track record there. Um, it feels like a lot safer, bet. As, as I said before, I mean, Wolf game kind of, um, pulled out of that and managed to rebound and is still doing really well. But a lot of those games, when we went through that meta in, um, I want to say November and December, really just, they had their five minutes of fame. Uh, the yields on them were absolutely insane over the course of 24, 48 hours, maybe a week if you were really lucky and people were like, ah, making a thousand dollars a day. Like I just, you know, I, I now make a $500,000 a year in this. And again, the bottom just fell out because they weren't, they weren't managed properly. The tokenomic wasn't uh, wasn't designed well, and it just required like an inordinate sum of money to continue to enter enter and prop it up, like a Ponzi. You know, Etherarchs has built all of these game mechanics in. They've made Zug deflationary. They've made um, they've given people a lot of risk reward choices. Do I continue to reinvest into the game and continue to be ahead of it and hope to grow my yield in the future, or do I have to take a step back and use some of that yield now? Uh, there is tons of risk reward in raid party. There is also risk reward in the burning feature where. You know, to go from uh, level zero to level one fighter, you got to burn a, you have to burn another fighter. Uh, the result is about a two and a half x increase to damage, but you know there is that ten percent outlier that you've just lost at, at this point twenty four hundred twenty three hundred dollar NFT in doing so. Those choices create a lot of different strategy that works for a lot of different people. Do I think that I'm ever going to be able to compete with Pranksy on the leaderboard? No, but the game is providing me enough choice and enough thought process for me to still be able to enjoy it independent of how far, um, you know, or, or how much I'm keeping up with those people. I never expected to, I'm never going to try to, I don't have the funds to compete with them, but they've managed to create this experience that works for kind of everybody that's falling in on the spectrum of, of how they're participating in it. And, you know, the floor price and the price of confetti has been uh, very, very positive as a result. And like, I just, you know, I'm enjoying it. I actually was able to free up a little bit of liquidity um, for my own, you know, for my own needs from Raid Party al- already. And sure, I took a little bit of a short term hit in terms of my confetti yield. And, you know, would I have a little bit more today than I would have if I hadn't sold one fighter? Yeah, a little bit, but that also helped me out in the short term too. So it's already providing value to me and I think to a lot of other people. So it's been, uh, it's been good to watch. It's been fun to dive into it. And there's no doubt that they're, you know, they're going to continue to to work on the mechanics, add stuff to it, like, like ether orcs, whether or not it's the ne- next ether orcs. I mean, we can't even t- start to say that until you get a, a a couple of months of proven track record and, and whatnot. But I think they're on the right foot. The end game for all of these projects has to be a very cheap point of entry into a tactile movable metaverse. I believe that's what they're all gearing to. What you are in right now is the early investor character building, rarity building phase. Okay. That's what all of this is. As it is, it could never continue. Like nothing you're looking at could be the end game. The end game has to be something where many 
hundreds of thousands or millions of players can come in for under 50 bucks, have a good time playing, and maybe their potential to quote-unquote earn is nothing compared to those of us who got in early in the game. Remember, you're essentially now part owner in Fortnite. By having these early assets and however these games develop and whatever characters they come out with for the masses in the future, if it's on Polygon, if they pay, you know, $5 to get a character, who knows exactly how it's going to work. But that is the eventual end game. And the profits that would normally be paid to shareholders and the board are going to be redistributed amongst the people who believed in the game early, built up the early characters, and created the metaverse that uh, the new players are playing. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah, very excited to be um, participating in Raid Party. And I'm very happy that I ended up holding through all of that um, that FUD with, with the delays that they experienced. You know, it it's one thing to say, like, and I was, I was, I was happy with, um, with them for delaying when they recognized that the game maybe wasn't up to the standard that they wanted to, um, to, to create. Um, it's very hard to just say like, look, it's not going to be ready for a little bit. Um, there was a lot of fun and I get it for some people like totally, totally understandable. Um, you do kind of go through this, uh, this mental exercise of like, okay, like, is this going to be ready on time? Is this ever going to be ready? But you know what? Sometimes just a little bit of patience in this market uh, can pay its own dividends, right? Like we're we're in an environment right now where where patience is is uh, of the utmost importance, right? Because I think we all believe that it's the lack of volume and all of that stuff is going to end. It's just it's when, right? And uh, those who are patient, those who are careful through this time and not trying to force anything, rush anything, I think are going to be um, the big winners coming out of it. In July, when everything is at its highs and you are convinced it's going (laughs) twice from where it is then, and how could it not? There's literally no way it can't. That's when you're going to start selling. I'm going to remind you. You start selling that because you're going to have to sit there in August and watch a lot of the things you sold go even higher. And you're going to be clawing and crying and piss. Ideally, you're on vacation and not watching. But if you are sitting <laughs> watching, you are going to feel FOMO. You're going to want to get back in. But come September and October, when this market inevitably dies... And everyone around you saying everything's going to zero and it's a bubble and PFPs are dead and NFTs are dead and that was it. And we were, uh, you will be very liquid and you'll be going around and buying everything at an 80% discount. And going into December, you will see a portfolio multiplier, multiplier that will allow you to wear a shirt that says GMI. Gonna make it. We gonna make it. I don't think I'm ever going to buy a, a shirt that says GMI. I don't know. Um, guys, if anybody wants to join us up on the stage, uh, I think we could probably go for another 15 minutes. If anyone wants to come say GM to us, if you're a uh, Moon Lounge member, uh, the link is up in the AM show chat. Uh, just want to say shout out to Alan, who picked up a began as well. Number 5773. Dope. Welcome to the uh, the began. The began. Uh, squad, <laughs> crew, whatever you want to call it. Glitch is also saying not to shill here, um, but uh, he wants to share a happy moment. He's got a project called The Lost Glitches, and they've just re- uh, reached a, a 20% 
fully staked milestone. Congrats, dude. That's awesome. Happy it's uh, it's been going well for you, man. Happy homies, Hermano. Have you um have you seen this project? I don't know. I've just googled it, looked it up on Twitter. Uh, haven't seen this before, but uh, looks like it's launching on the 18th, which is Friday. 0.06 mint price, 10k supply. Got a fucking lemon on its head. Um, scroll down. It is. Okay. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, some AirPods. I don't know, man. I mean, it's hard to say what's going to do well and what's not in this market. I don't know if this is, I've never been in their discord. I don't know what's up with them. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Getting doodles vibes from it. Different, uh, different style, but, um, yes, I've claimed three scalp passes so far. Chipper. Hmm. Oh, I got to check and see if I'm, how much is that? 200? 200. Yeah. I should actually be pretty close to being able to claim one of those. How, yeah. uh, how many are left? You know? Oh, there's thousands. There's, oh, there's okay. people aren't even close. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I don't feel any FOMO towards no, that. No hurry. No hurry. Cool. It, it's going so slow now. You could, you could wait to print, uh, to mint in batches. And I don't think you're going to be far behind. It's not like there's a compounding effect to minting it right away. You just own this thing now, which again, I, I, I like chain scouts a lot, and I think that there's uh, good things coming. But we have not heard from that team since um, since Mint. So, yeah, one of our um, one of our dojo members has been in contact with them, talking about them. I mean, he's a P2E expert and uh, looking to touch base with them and whatnot. I think they took a little bit of a vacation after after the Mint. Um, Kind of an awkward time to do so, but uh, but who knows? I mean, it's cheap. The upside is high. The downside is low. And uh, yeah, I'm just holding mine. Yeah. Earning the banana night. Banana night. Banana night. Banana night. Banana night. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Banana-nite. I had at least three too many syllables in mm-hmm. there. Banana night. I actually like that name a lot. It's just hard when people first read it. I had a, I had trouble the first, but once you get the Bananite, it's very powerful. Let's mine that Bananite. Reminds me of that song, Bananite. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Ooh. Bananite. When these go to 10 E, you know how people start making songs. Mm. That'll be the song we make. To the moon. Love the songs. Did we check out Bitches? Um, is it Bitches? Batches? I, yeah, I know that there's <laughs> it's basically a response to MFers. Uh is it yeah, I saw a lot of those meme meme type projects, Ragers or something was in there too. Speaking of not hearing from teams, is Enjoyers dead or what? Ah pff, man, same. I don't know. It's not that Enjoyers is dead, it's that the treasure marketplace is dead. And it's not dead as a I'm sorry, all you treasure maxis who hate me, I know. I'm just saying that there is a a very large exploit in their code that they have to patch before anything over there mints or becomes bullish uh, again. I think it's I think it's already fixed, isn't it? Or no? I don't know. Every time I log on to that treasure marketplace, it says we are patching mm. an exploit. Nothing is available right ah, now. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know any details though. If uh, if Icon wanted to come on and tell us, he could. But I don't know anything about it. I, you know, no idea. 
Antonym just dropped below 0.5 floor. What's going on with them was super hyped and did so well post reveal. Yeah. I mean, I would say that that is just the result of being super hyped and doing super well post reveal. A lot of these projects, you know, they, they, there's, you know, there's reasons to be excited for them. There's, you know, the bull case for them, but in a low volume environment, these projects definitely see the attention shift to them. There's lots of volume in it and people are bored. So, you know, the floors move, but when the volume dries up, the volume dries up like it is across the board and, uh, and you know, the floor starts to, to drop below and it's just kind of, you know, the environment we're in right now, it's not, we're not quite at that full send. Everything's going to reach these upper echelons and stay there for the time being. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's the boredom of the market. And I would say, um, I can't remember what these minted at, but even if it's hanging out at 0.5 right now, it's, uh, I mean, good. <laughs> if it's staying, if, it, if it's gone on a run. They look like 3D Siamese twins. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Or something like that. Uh, Jay, some cool looking ones. Over the last uh, week, I bought six lemons, if that answers your question. I've purchased six uh, in the last week, bringing me back over 100. I had dipped a, a little below. As I sold a bunch over one ETH, uh, but now I am back over 100. So maybe that's an indication of my bullish. Yeah. I mean, I know I follow a lot of lemons on Twitter and we have a lot of uh, people that minted and bought lemons in the, the dojo and are holding on to them. I remember, they were cheap, right? So you minted 15 of them, um, didn't completely uh, you know, destroy your liquidity. And it was easy to sell a couple of them, but not have to sell all of them. 15 is a nice kind of position to be in, in something, right? Where you don't have to make a lot of hard choices. You can sell a couple on the way up and feel good about it. Um, but a lot of them are just like lingering in wallets. But um, man, I have seen everywhere people posting about their uh, the merch that's showing up. People yeah. are still excited about that within the, the community. And that's, you know, that's important. Yes. Remember, these are attention tokens. Okay. And there have now been three projects that not only copied the Lemons playbook, but also lured over the Lemon community by putting traits in their collections. Now, these things are going to be temporary. In three months, everyone will have moved on to a new shiny toy. But the communities that remain steadfast, and you can see that uh, in the evidence are going to come back even harder the second time around. And that's not just lemons. There are other ones out there going through a similar thing. Crypto Mori's is such a good example. I mean, this is the perennial whipping boy that routinely makes new highs and get, then gets whacked down to what, absurdly which low. Which project? Crypto Mori's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? This is, this is the perpetual whipping boy of this market. Uh, and it's, it's just, yeah, I, there's so many projects that are like that, but I say this a lot projects that had a moment. Okay. They always have a second moment, uh, and a third and given what's going on behind the scenes there. Yeah. Super bullish there. JCV. Alan's asking about zombie club going up to a 2.5 ETH floor. Never even heard of it. Uh, maybe on the back of Asian stocks, absolutely tanking. People are moving in NFTs. Not sure, but maybe there's. <laughs> I'm going to say no to that. Okay, the hand sang was down about five percent last night uh, before I went to bed, and when 
a stock market is down 5%. It is pure risk off mode. People are not rotating into illiquid JPEGs. They're rotating into cash and hiding in a corner until, until shit stops going down. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to do some digging on, uh, on zombie club though. Cause I haven't heard of it. Um, myself but anything that runs up to a 2.5 eth floor is worth uh worth checking out um man i actually uh, do you remember this mad meerkats project sounds familiar i think i think charlie was a mod in there for a little bit like we're talking like october november time like just this like it was a kind of had a bored apes vibe of it apparently that's at like a four eth floor now they uh, they didn't mint out. They cut supply. Um, I just saw that going down in the dojo um, before, but I have to check on that too. Add Meerkat NFT. Find here. Uh, I can't find the open sea link. Hmm, I'm not sure. We'll follow up with that later. What do you got going on today, my friend? Oh, there it is. Chilling, vibing. Chilling and vibing. Good vibes only. Yeah, there it is. Here, I'll pull it up on the screen. Do you remember these? I do. Yeah. It's bored apes buying them. <laughs> I don't know. They burned the supply though. Seven hundred and seventy-seven. They of look them. like bored apes. Except, yeah, they do very much that style. Just like the crane. I'm wondering if the craniums are being bought because they're bored ape copies. Yeah, there's a lot of similar traits. I don't know. Are they going to buy the well. stupid uh, wicked craniums? I don't even know. Like you'd think, you know, usually once a rumor gets out like that and the underlying team tweets something, the announcement is made and we haven't heard anything. Wondering if that wicked cranium is bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Remember, just like there are hedge funds who hire people to sit in Teterboro Airport and watch the private jets that move in and out of the uh, airport there to see who is having meetings with who. Uh, I would think that this is happening with board apes right now. And some intern sees them take a meeting with someone on the Cranium's team and they put out a report that Craniums are. Who knows? This is Wicked Craniums? Wicked Craniums. What's that floor at? Point three? Oh, Wicked Craniums. That's a point one nine right now. What is it? Point one nine. Point one nine. Well. Good luck to the skeletons. I, I I don't love these. May the odds be ever in your favor. I don't see, I don't look at these and immediately go, oh, interesting. Losers, they boomed hard. <laughs> GM Tom Nook, you're uh, you're coming in at the uh, tail end of the show. Free market, anything you want to uh you want to touch on before we wrap this MF -er up? I don't. But I like the MFers. Thank you for the reference. Yeah. 
throw that in there whenever I can for you. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy to be back on stage with you, Free Market. If anybody is coming in late to the show, uh, the bulk of the conversation was definitely about Larva Labs, Yuga Labs. We talked a lot about Bob Iger getting into NFTs. That's going to be a big deal and something you should watch for um, as well. Good good stamp of approval. Um, crypto stocks kind of trading sideways, looking for a run there. Losers Club going on a hell of a run overnight. Um, raid Party had a, a good discussion about Raid Party, why we're bullish on that and uh, and what we're looking for out of out of that project. And then, uh, yeah, just, and just hanging out. Appreciate that. Appreciate everybody tuning in once again. Um, I'm happy that I dodged the uh, fire alarm testing. I'm sure that's going to be starting any minute now. So on that note, Guys, we're going to be doing a show tomorrow. We are not going to be doing a show on Thursday, um, but we will uh, We'll see you tomorrow morning. Free Market, you want to do the thing? Good luck. You got rugged. He said good luck at the table, DJs.